Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome. Welcome back to the Dogs Program. We are the Defenders of Government Schools. D-O-G-S. We are the dogs. Um, we're here on 3CR Community Radio because we need to be. Because the, the voice of the state school people of the world, which is 60% of Australia, um, doesn't seem to be getting heard anywhere, um, apart from places like 3CR, which is... Um, Unfortunate, I suppose, for most people, but fortunate for you because you're listening to us here and we're going to tell you what's been going on. State schools need defending. Um, a lot of the money's getting ripped out of them um, and it's been given to private schools. Uh, has, this has been going on for some time and I'm speaking in general, but um, I'm not the expert on this at the moment. Jean is. Uh, she's got a press release all about this. But there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. I don't know it's the weather here in Melbourne. It's changed. It seems to have got more pleasant. You know, a bit of rain, a bit of cool, it's good. And then St Kevin's College just goes absolutely off the tropo deep end by going around and supporting pedophiles in the middle of a Royal Commission on, yeah, gets, that's right, yeah, institutional responses to um, childhood sexual abuse. No, so no, while no, there's grooming, no, grooming, Robert, grooming is a bit different. Um, yeah, no, grooming, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, grooming a child in a school is abuse. Um, it just is. Um, anyway, that, that's what some people at St Kevin's have been con- and convicted of just recently, and that seems to be just opening up the jar. When you look inside, there's a vice principal in trouble um, for stopping people re- mandatory, mandatorily reporting. I actually want to talk about that because for some time, um, you know, teachers in state schools have been in a situation where if they get wind of abuse... It is their job. They have to. They don't have choice. It's the law that they need to report that. Um, and that's supposedly also true in, in, in all sorts of institutions, including private schools. But when it does happen, um, it doesn't. And I want to talk a bit about that because that, that's actually, to my mind, a far more serious problem than um, a couple of blokes supporting a bloke because the bloke's a good bloke at a school for blokes which seems to be the problem with, with, with St Kevin's at the moment. We'll be talking about that in some detail, but we'll be moving on to some other interesting things because there's a few people waking up to the problem in education in Australia. Some of the very smart people are saying, look, the whole federal government, state government, who funds what thing has now got so stupid that there's billions of dollars falling through the cracks, which suits the people who get, end up with the billions of dollars but for the rest of us who are paying our taxes, um, we want to know where the money goes. So some people are saying we need to simplify the way schools are funded in general and the federal government needs to get out of it completely. Um, but we'll be also talking about a little bit because we, here on the Dogs Program, because we defend government schools in Australia, unfortunately, you have to talk about separation of religion from the state when you talk about education because the government funds religious institutions and their schools. So there is no separation, so we've got to talk about the problems of separation of religion from the state, specifically an anti-discrimination bill, uh, which is supposed to be being put up by the federal parliament. And I've said for some time, this is just a big mess. The details of the mess that's coming up around the corner, um, we're going to leave to Dale, who's going to paraphrase and talk about what a fellow called Luke Beck said in in the Channel 9 news media. But of course, I'm talking too much. I should get out of the way because we have our world famous press release by Jean, which is just about to come up after, after this break. Now, Jean, just before 
we go to the break and we get stuck into your press release, which I know is very meaty, which is about money. And so I'm interested to start with. Cause I'm money in. doesn't sleep. Follow the money. Indeed. So... And what, what, what number of press release is this? This is 828, and it's actually oh. not my press release because it's the last word on statistics from Trevor Cobalt oh, no, from Save Our Schools, yes. Everyone quotes him, and we do too. We are everyone, from Channel 9 to Sky News to us. We all go to Trevor Cobalt for the numbers. He's, he's a dude, Mr Cobalt. Congratulations on being a friend of ours for so long. Um, so we're going to be finding out about that after the break. But, yeah, at 828... Uh, if you want to check this, by the way, because this is pretty meaty stuff you're about to hear, and you want to say, what did Jean say? Um, you can. It's really easy on our on our website, our dog's website, www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs, one word, dot .info. Um, and you can get to that, of course, through the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. But um, let's have a short break and have a listen to this, and then we're back with Jean's world-famous press release. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Idioma umebinyo, diaspora blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Ayan. We're excited to be launching on March 2nd. Connect with us by following the show on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. Tree Project are a Melbourne-based organisation that have been replanting Indigenous trees in Victoria for 30 years now, and we need your help. You can become a Tree Project member, a seedling grower in your own backyard, or organise your friends to do a planting day. If you're a landholder in rural Victoria and would like to restore habitat on your land, Tree Project is keen to help out. We also offer sponsorship opportunities and take work teams for a planting day. Visit treeproject.org.au to learn more. A 3CR supporter. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the Dogs Program and this is Press Release 828. The last word on statistics from Trevor Cobald, who's from Save Our Schools. Now, listeners, in the last few weeks we have been talking about statistics in this this part of our uh, program and we've talked about how the Centre for Independent Studies uses some very strange percentages to say that the public schools are doing better than the private schools. But Trevor Cobalt used to work on the Productivity Commission, and he's not just a statistics man, he's a financial analyst. And he is able, because of his qualifications and his ability, to go beyond the statistic to actually work out the proper statistics over and above all the accountancy tricks that are used, particularly by private schools and governments, uh, to what the real situation is. Now, there's new figures from a report on government services, the ROGS, which people have been looking at, and he's had a look at it too. And he claims that it shows that the governments, that's the Commonwealth and the states, Funding increases massively favoured private schools over public schools between the years 2009-10 and the years 2017-18. The government funding for private schools, he says, increased by 1,779 per student, adjusted for inflation. You understand that he, can, he has the skills to adjust for inflation, while funding for public schools was cut by $49 per student. The increase for private schools was 18.9%, while funding for public school students was cut by 0.4%. Now, these are very different figures to the figures from the um, Centre for Independent Studies that took 
uh, just a few years, not all of those years, and who used percentages starting from uh, different uh, bases. They claimed that public schools had increased by 50% and the private schools by 43%. But once you adjust, it's a bit different, isn't it? Private schools received much larger funding increases than public schools in all the states, but there were differences between the states. The inflation-adjusted increases for private schools exceeded 1,500 per student in all states, while funding for public schools was cut in five states, including massive cuts in Western Australia and also in uh, the ACT and the Northern Territory, which was perhaps the worst. No, Western Australia was the worst, at 1,540 per student, and the Northern Territory cut 1,288 per student. The increases in the other three states were much smaller than for private schools. And that, of course, would have been Queensland, New South Wales and, um, and, and Victoria. He seems to have left Tasmania out of this. The Commonwealth Government increased funding for both public and private schools, but the increase for private schools was nearly double that for public schools. And the Commonwealth public f funding for the public schools increased by an average of 863 per student compared to 1,589 in private schools. Now, what is really going on? There's been some very interesting um, agreements between the Commonwealth and the state. And his figures are based on the new data which was published in the 2020 report on government services. That's ROGS. But his, his figures differ from the ROGS figures in two ways. First, they're more comparable between public and private schools because the ROGS data includes book entry items, user cost of capital, depreciation and other items like payroll tax and school transport for public schools, but not for private schools. As a result, the ROGS, that is the report on government services of 2020, overestimates public funding for public schools in comparison with private schools. Now, this accountancy trick, listeners, has been practised from the year dot, going right back, in my memory anyway, into the 1960s. And it's a very unfair accountancy trick indeed. There are other um, things that are also included in the public school figures which the private schools use, like libraries and other things. Secondly, this is the other uh, problem and that he has tried to adjust. An education cost index is used to adjust for inflation instead of the index of general government costs used by the ROGS. So Trevor Cobalt has used the education cost index for the adjustment for inflation instead of the general government costs which the ROGS uses. Education costs increase by more than for general government costs. And as a result, the ROGS underestimates cost increases for schools and therefore overestimates the actual increase in real resources available to the schools. Now, there's little prospect that public schools will be adequately funded over the next decade because of the bilateral funding agreements between the Commonwealth and state governments. These agreements, which Morrison has forced and Tian has forced the state governments to sign, ensure that public schools will be massively underfunded indefinitely. At best, the public schools will only ever be funded at, listen to this, 91% of the school resourcing standard. This is the SRS, and it's applied for individual students throughout Australia in whatever school they're in. And it's a certain figure. But for public schools, a public school child is only ever worth 91% of this 100% figure. 
but private schools are guaranteed to be funded at 100% and some of them for more of the standard or more by 2023. The agreements formally require the public schools to be funded at only 95% of their SRS by 2027 or later, with the states committing to fund their share to 75% and the Commonwealth to 20%. So you have this figure, this SRS, the states say, yes, we'll pay 75% of that, and the Commonwealth say, no, we'll only pay 20%. So that leaves... 5% hanging. So a public school student is only worth 95% of this particular figure, which I think for secondary school students is between 13 and 14,000. Is that correct, Robert? Yes. Now, um, it's a bit different. The chronic underfunding of public schools threatens huge costs to individuals, society and the national economy because it means continuing failure to address disadvantage in education. It's going to be a national disaster. And why? Over 80% of disadvantaged students are enrolled in public, not private schools, and over 90% of disadvantaged schools are public schools. So increased funding for public schools is fundamental to improved education outcomes for disadvantaged students because it provides the human and material resources needed to make a difference in learning. So uh, Trevor Cobald is telling the supporters of public schools, teachers and parents and students that the time has come to really fight for public education in the coming years. And um, in this, they can learn perhaps from the public school teachers in America who have been out in force and some very, very interesting things at the moment are happening in the American democratic elections, aren't they? And I think that um, Mr Bloomberg in particular should be looking very carefully at the teachers because he is a pro-charter school man and uh, if he wants to get the public school vote he might have to look very carefully at the public education um, problems in the United States. Now if you want to find out more about this you can go to either our website or to the Save Our Schools website because Trevor Cobald has produced these figures as a result of a much, much bigger paper. And you can go and have a look at his research paper, which is 17 pages long and has got all of the bar graphs and other graphs and other material which indicate where he gets his figures from. He doesn't just pluck them out of the air, I assure you. He is a top financial analyst of the calibre of Ray Nielsen from the dogs in days gone by. So we are very, very grateful to him for looking at these uh, different uh, uh, reports from the government, official reports, and analysing them down to the very last digit. So that's enough from me now. There's some very interesting material coming up from Robert and Dale. Yes, thank you very much, Jane. Yes, if you're interested in that press release, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, you can check it up at our website, www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Um, we'll be back after the break with some local news. Yes, uh, we'll be talking about what's going on with the values and educational processes at St. Kevin's College in Turak in Melbourne. After this. 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to step on to the oh, in, into the world of not nice humans, um, not nice people. Um, and Four Corners, um, early this week just gone, uh, did an expose of a not nice person. This not nice person was a volunteer at a school um, in, in Melbourne. It wasn't just any school. It was a private school. Um, and it was a place called St Kevin's College. Now, St Kevin's College is a very interesting place um, for all sorts of reasons. I was offered a job there years ago, truth to tell, um, as, as, as head of one of their programs, and um, I declined it. I went in and gave it a sniff and went, no, I don't think I'll be working here. Um, it's deep, deep at the heart of Melbourne culture at many, many different levels, both in terms of religion, because it's a, it's a Catholic school, Actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very prestigious Catholic school, but it's also, please do. It is, they say, we are being told at the moment, it's an Edmund Rice tradition school. But Edmund Rice was the founder of the Christian Brothers. It is a Christian Brothers school. Oh, um, oh well, yeah, I was going to get to that. But, but thank you, Jan, it's worth pointing out um, that it's a Christian Brothers school. Uh, they renamed um, themselves for legal reasons. Uh, one of the legal reasons, of course, is the Christian Brothers were one of, systemically, one of the most horrific perpetrators of violence, sexual violence against children um, in Australia. Um, the, the, the stuff that went on at many, many Christian Brothers schools, including St. Patrick's up there in Ballarat, where they've got the new um, principal for St. Kevin's from, um, they've changed their name um, because they wound up the Christian Brothers uh, because there weren't that many of them left, um, but also potentially for legal reasons, because the Christian brothers were liable for many multi-million dollars worth of payout uh, because of what had happened in their schools over the decades. But now that institution no longer, no, no longer exists. As I say, it's a Catholic school. was run by the Christian brothers until they um, went belly up, and now it's an Edmund Rice school. Edmund Rice schools, they've changed the name, but they've also changed their legal liability when it, when, when it comes to historical childhood sexual abuse, uh, which I think is an interesting thing for an organisation. That is just one part, um, an undeniable part, of, of, of Catholic education here in Australia. Now, the reason I'm talking about Catholic education, because normally I don't give a damn about these things, um, as Jean will, will tell you, I, I don't really care what you do in your in your own in your own church buildings. That's that's really your own business, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, my care and attention is because currently um, every year um, the state government pays 13 million dollars to this school uh, to do what they do, and so I have been made responsible for what's going on in this school because I'm paying for it. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, I take an interest because, as a taxpayer, I'm paying for this to happen. And when I say this, I'll say that there was a bad man who did some bad things um, to a 15-year-old boy. He was convicted of those bad things. And the school, I don't know why, I think um, maybe a little bit of ignorance in terms of, of legal things, um, thought that none of this could, be, could ever come out in the papers or in the press because it was done to a child. And everything that's brought up in a case involving a child in the legal system is, is confidential, mm. which I think is a good idea, you know, so, so things can come out and people can be honest and the child is not affected. Mm. However, that child five years ago, when they were abused by this person, has now turned 20 and they're longer, no longer a child, and they have the capacity to say, actually, I want people to know about this. It's now no longer confidential because I'm the person who can say that. I'm the only person. Mm. because I was abused. And so as a result, we now know what happened. What happened was that a bad man did a very bad thing to a, to a young boy. He was fully supported by the school. Um, not the boy, not the 15-year-old. No, not, not the boy, but, but, but the pedophile, um, or the man who groomed this child and was convicted of doing so. Convicted. He was convicted. So there's, there's no question this is No, happened. it's not alleged. No, no, no. There's, there's no, there's, no, there's no alleged. He was convicted five years ago. Um... And now the 15-year-old's 20, and because the 15-year-old's 20, he can say, I'm a man, I'm, I want this to come out, mm. which is why we now know about it. Uh, the principal wrote a reference for, for the pedophile, and um, the sportsmaster wrote a glowing reference for the pedophile, and this came out in the press. 
The principal's now been sacked because it was considered to be the he's wrong resigned. thing. He's resigned. Oh. Um, he's resigned and not apologised um, or commented on, on, on the boy at all. Um, he said, um, it's very sad. And he's now complaining that um, he's got some problems in, in terms of his family because of... What, the principal? Yeah, yeah. He's the victim now? Yes. Um, also, the pedophile. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not really saying this in the because it makes me a bit angry. I'm a bit, I'm a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to that. But both the principal and the pedophile are complaining um, of, of victimhood. Um, let's talk about the offender, like the bad man. Uh, the bad man was a man called Peter, um, and he was talking to the Australian newspaper, and he was talking to the Australian newspaper saying that he deserves his privacy and he's the victim of harassment by newspapers that aren't the Australian newspaper. Um, and he's, as a victim of harassment, he, he wants people to stop coming and contacting him. But obviously not the Australian newspaper. He's quite happy to talk to them. Absolutely fascinating. Um, anyway, that's not actually what I want to talk about. I, I don't want to talk about the bad man. Um, I want to talk about what the school did. Because St. Kevin's College is a very prestigious school. So prestigious, in fact, that the child who was, who was groomed uh, went back to the school and completed their education there because uh, their parents thought the best thing to do would be to continue the education at St. Kevin's because of the prestige involved in the school um, and, that, and that having, a, having their VCE done at St. Kevin's would be of such benefit to them that um, they would overlook... Uh, the problems, the systemic problems of the, the, the school that presented in the way they had dealt with it. I actually want to talk about the way they dealt with it. Uh, the answer is that they did not apologise to the child. Uh, they compensated the child uh, through the civil courts, so the child got a payout. Um, but there was, no, um, there, was, there was no disclosure of, of why that would be, and, and we don't know anything about that particular civil settlement, and we never will. Um, the head of sport, who wrote a glowing reference for the grooming um, pedophile, um, refused to apologise to the child and said, oh, it's all storm in a teacup, what are you talking about? This is during the court case, by the way. This is, this is after the revelations um, that led to his convictions, and they're pretty brutal revelations, truth to tell. Um, and the principal, uh, the principal only contacted the child um, to make sure that they weren't wearing their school uniform when they went to court because that might adversely affect any potential publicity at the time. Now, five years later, of course, it's all over the place, and whether he's wearing his uniform is of no concern to anyone. Um, but I want to talk about what happened after that. I want to talk about what happened now, not what happened five years ago. Because now, it's not just the principal and the sportsmaster. There's an acting headmaster at St Kevin's College that was promoted, that was promoted when the principal resigned. Now, the acting headmaster has been forced to resign less than 24 after, hours after they themselves were promoted. And their name is Janet. Um, Janet. Um, Janet Kenny was promoted to, to a position of leadership in the school to, to make up for the fellow for the, for the who had resigned. But she's been asked to resign because she has charges against her. Now, these charges aren't proven. Miss, Miss, Miss Kenny was appointed acting headmaster and then de-appointed after Stephen Russell, the principal, was, had resigned um, because what had happened was that the senior counsellor had the school had approached the, deputy, the, the, the then deputy principal and said, look, I've got a problem. A child has reported abuse and grooming by a teacher in the school and I have to mandatorily report that. And the vice-principal, Miss Kenny, said, no, no, you won't be doing that. I discourage you from reporting this abuse. I'm sure there's some other potential explanation. Do not report it because it will affect the perception of the schools. And I think that Miss Fanny there is really standing up for the values of St Kevin's College by saying the reputation of the school in the case of what you're talking about, I think, is something that I am responsible for. And you, the councillor, are responsible for the well-being of the students. So go back and sort it out, but not report it to the police. Now, the woman who reported it was Miss Keel. 
Miss Keel reported to Miss Kenny, and she said, I've got a grooming incident involves a student and a teacher. And this is in 2018 and 2019. So this is after the Royal Commission. Now, the governing body, Sir Edmund Rice Foundation, said that Miss Kenny had been asked to step aside from her role in the school currently. But I want to let you know, and I think this is interesting, um, not what happened to Miss Kenny, but what happened to Miss Keel. Because Miss Keel went, um, look, I feel really uncomfortable about this because there's a number of teachers, there's a number of reports, and I'm going to go to my union to get some advice, who have reports of other teachers, not volunteers, not, not, not the pedophile that did things in 2015, but a systemic problem at St Kevin's College. Now, she proposed that she wanted, she said, look, I have to mandatorily report this. It's my job as, as, as the head counsellor and indeed as the teacher. But um, Janet Kenny attempted to, to say, look, just don't do it. She also alleges that she'd gone through this process before. And in fact, there were three issues of student welfare that she sought to mandatorily report as part of the school. But on each occasion, there were obstructions and attempts to prevent her complying with the law. Now, Ms. Keel um, has alleged that as part of this, she was functionally bullied at St. Kevin's by the headmaster because the headmaster then suggested, look, you seem to have a problem. You should resign, Ms. Keel, and we'll give you some enhanced payments as you go out the door. But she said, no, no, I don't want to resign. I've got a job and my job is to look after the students. My job is the duty of care. Yeah. And the principal saying, well, you know, maybe you should resign. This is the same principal, by the way, who has said on a number of occasions that his first priority is the care for the students. But it doesn't seem to be in this case either. So when Miss Keel was knocked, she said, no, no I'm, I'm, I, I love the kids. They are, I'm in, in a good way. And they are at I, risk. I, and they're at risk, and I want to. Um, they actually made her job... Redundant. They made her position <sighs> abolished. So they abolished her position as head counsellor well, that's the way it's of done. the school. That's the way it's done. Now, that was the last day she attended school, and she's been on sick leave ever since. That's now before the courts. So I haven't said anything that's sub say here on, here on 3CR. I'm actually reporting from an article which was published in The Age a couple of days ago, actually, uh, it was published on Thursday, just gone, and it was written by Adam Carey and Michael Fowler, so this is all public record stuff. This is in 2019. Everyone's jumping up and down about things going on in 2015, and many, many people, like uh, Mr. Don- Donnelly or whatever, saying this is all Catholic bashing, and often you'll hear, we've learned the lessons of the past and that sort of thing doesn't go on anymore. No, that was uh, Henderson, I think, on Sky News. Oh, that's sorry, not Donnelly. Henderson Henderson on Sky News said, oh, it's just the ABC um, being anti-Catholic. That's all this is. Um, And I think that um, Andrew Bolt had said something even more derogatory. Oh, no. uh, um, Andrew Bolt said that when the pedophile groomed a 15-year-old boy, it was just a guy hitting on a kid (gasps) and everyone's making too much out of it. Too much out of an adult hitting on a child. In a school context. <gasps> oh my. And, um, and Henderson responded that uh, he thought that it was just the ABC going in for their usual Catholic bashing. Abuse of power mm. much? <laughs> yeah, so that's the original class of 2015. But I'm talking about something new, yeah. which I actually consider far more serious. Literally weeks ago. Yeah. I can tell you right now the values of a state school are not this. I have been in a state school where there's been a problem. Like there was actually a problem. But they dealt with it. It was dealt with. It was dealt with in public. It was dealt with immediately. And it was dealt with by the relevant authorities as quickly as possible. Reputation of the school be damned. The school suffered, actually. The school suffered in Reynolds. Isn't that school where they had that incident? And I won't tell you what the school is because it's it's history now. But actually, why not? Um, Mornington Secondary College. The administration in Mornington Secondary College from the principal down went, you're kidding me? Okay, I don't care if it's a rumour. We're investigating it. 
It was found to be partially true. It wasn't as bad as it was first thought. But you know what? That was all done in public. It was in the school newsletter. Everyone knew about it. And I'll tell you what, the problem was solved quick, bloody smart. Because it's a state school. Mm. Kids come first. If that's going on, that's not good enough. We stop it right now. No questions asked. Those, those are the values of a state school. What I'm seeing here is St. Kevin's College going through the process of, oh, well, if you're not found out, then it's fine. But it looks like there's lots of stuff going on at St. Kevin's College, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. When the head of counselling has her position made redundant, which is to say there is no more head of counselling, so you're sacked, um, when she is thwarted in her attempts to mandatorily report to police incidents of grooming within the school. Now, I'm shocked by this, and I'm sure you are too, and I'm taking my time. There's lots of stuff I could say, but I'm not going to because this is public radio and I'm going to respect the airwaves. And what I'm talking about has yet to go to trial, and so therefore I'll keep you abreast of what's going on. But the simple fact, and there is no dispute, the woman went to mandatory report, she was told that she wouldn't be doing that, and then her job was made redundant when she refused to back down. Those facts stand and damn the administration, because they're not in dispute. Whether there was grooming taking place is now for the courts to decide. Whether there was grooming taking place is not a judgment call that I make in those incidences in 2018 and 2019. But the school's response is there on the record. Mm. The treatment of this teacher is horrific. I wouldn't want to work there um, if those were the situations I would work on. But I just think it's fascinating. All those years ago, your instincts were correct, dear. Yeah, yeah, which isn't facts. That's just instincts. But I find this whole process really rather interesting. Mm. Um, I'm going to move on now, and we're going to move on to something I think is even more interesting after these messages, which is a, a little addendum to the whole debate about this Religious Discrimination Act, allowing religious people going around saying whatever they want, covered, um, you know, being, being nasty to people, basically, and saying, that's okay, um, I'm, I'm religiously protected and can say what I like. It has consequences, and we're going to find out what those are after, after this short message. Fungera Environment Centre and Wildlife of the Central Highlands have started an email action for the threatened Greater Glider. Over 25% of the glider's habitat has been burnt in the fires and 90% of areas set aside for protection by the government last year have also burned. Yet their habitat is still being logged in the Central Highlands. Go to gecko.org.au to send an email to government ministers to call for protection of all remaining Greater Glider habitat. Goongara Environment Centre office is a 3CR supporter. Time to get outdoors and lock in your next fitness challenge. Time to tackle Australia's original team challenge, Oxfam Trail Walker, happening in March. You and three mates will journey through 100 kilometres of bush trail within 48 hours. Teams start together, stick together and finish together. Oxfam Trail Walker is a life-changing experience and every step you take helps raise vital funds to support people living in poverty. Register your team now at trailwalker.oxfam.org.au. A 3CR supporter. And now we've got an article about the consequences of being rude to people. Um, I'm not going to get Dale to share it with you. Um, rude, rude to people for religious reasons. Religious rudeness. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I've got an article here by uh, Luke Beck, who is an, an associate professor of constitutional law at Monash and also the author of a book called Religious Freedom and the Australian Constitution, Origins and Future. So the article is entitled Religious Discrimination Bill Backfires on Christians. Conservative Christians are some of the biggest supporters of Scott Morrison's religious discrimination bill. But they should be careful what they wish for. It won't just be gay people, women and people with disabilities who lose out under the proposed law. Christians will be amongst the biggest losers. Here's what the bill lets people do to Christians. The bill protects statements of belief from being subject of a complaint under any federal, state or territory anti-discrimination law. 
The protection extends to statements made in writing or by spoken words that ridicule, humiliate and even intimidate another person. The employers will be able to ridicule Christians in the workplace. For example, an atheist boss could put a poster above a Christian worker's desk saying, Christianity is superstitious nonsense. The boss could also say things like, Christianity is like a mental disorder to a Christian during a job interview. Doctors will be able to humiliate Christian patients. For example, a Buddhist doctor could tell the Christian parents of an unwell child, if you spent less time praying and more time caring about your child's health, your child wouldn't be this sick. Shopkeepers will be able to intimidate Christian customers. For example, a Muslim butcher will be able to, will be allowed to intimidate a Christian customer. The butcher could tell a customer, you Christian infidels better watch out, you will suffer punishment. Under existing anti-discrimination laws in most states and territories, these examples would likely be unlawful discrimination. The Christians on the receiving end of this nastiness would be able to lodge complaints or even sue in the courts. Scott Morrison's Religious Discrimination Bill changes this. The bill overrides state and territory laws and makes being nasty to Christians lawful. The bill also includes a mechanism to allow a federal minister to override any other federal, state or territory laws such as work, work, health and safety laws that might prevent people making statements of belief like these. The bill also harms Christians in other ways. The bill attempts to prevent Christians from being discriminated against on the basis of their belief in hiring and firing decisions. Bosses can use statements of belief to be nasty to Christians, but technically won't be allowed to refuse to hire them. What matters is real life. In practice, the bill actually encourages employers to refuse to hire Christians. The bill includes provisions that allow Christians to ignore workplace codes of conduct in certain circumstances. For example, Christian workers will not have to comply with some workplace codes of conduct that prohibit making comments on social media like those made by Israel Folau. The reality is that many businesses take such codes of conduct seriously. Businesses have brands and reputations to think about and many businesses genuinely want to create inclusive workplaces where gay people and other minorities feel welcome. Under Scott Morrison's Religious Discrimination Bill, life will be easier for businesses if they simply do not hire Christians. That would avoid all the hassles, all the commercial impacts and the expensive lawyer fees involved in Christians not having to comply with workplace codes of conduct. Of course, technically, it will be unlawful to refuse to hire someone because they are a Christian, but the Christian has to prove that the reason they didn't get the job was because they are Christian. Actually, proving that was the reason is extremely hard to do, and it is expensive, usually involving lawyers. On the other hand, it is very easy for an employer to say that someone didn't get a job because of a poor interview performance or because there was a better candidate. The Bible cautions people against making life difficult for others. Psalm 7.16 says, The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The Religious Discrimination Bill was supposed to be a consolation prize for conservative Christians unhappy with the law allowing same-sex marriage. The bill was meant to give conservative Christians the right to be nasty to gays. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says religious freedom is something Australians hold dear as he announced changes to the Religious Discrimination Act with the Attorney General Christian Porter. But Scott Morrison and Attorney General Christian Porter have stuffed up big time. The Religious Discrimination Bill backfires, giving everyone else a right to be nasty to Christians. Um, yeah. I've been saying that for a while here on the program. So have I. Uh, mm. It's just why you stay out. They had a war, I think it's a 30 years war, where they basically killed 
half of Europe fighting over whose God was right and they mixed up the governments and the armies and the gods and after that when most of the people were dead they went can we argue about something else next time? (laughs) Can we we just separate out the religion from the state so you know you don't get cops wandering around um, telling people what they can say about various religious things like what they can wear or Mm. what church they have to go to or not go to or whatever I mean we we sorted this stuff out I can't believe they're still going with it Mm. Mm. because the other thing of course is that what Luke Beck can't say because it all gets a bit back to the early 20th century is that it just gives you permission to kick off with sectarian violence Mm. you know Pentecostals don't much like the Catholics don't much like the Baptists don't much like the Presbyterians don't much like the I don't know, the Unitarians, and they all start going and going at each other, and you, well, that's protected. That's protected speech. Although I can't imagine, you know, thousands of Unitarians jumping up no. and down. Um, but that's all right. Um, but they, they have the right to if they want to. Just they can say, actually, can we not have that right? We can't be bothered with that. Um, you know, the concept of being persecuted is a complex one when it comes to religion, but, oh, boy, it's, it's a bit weird. Hmm. Um Yes, I wish they just... I'm waiting for someone just to wake up and go, oh, you know what, let's not bother. You know, we've got it pretty good at the moment. And I've noticed you've left the Jewish question and a lot of other questions out of there too. Oh, my goodness. the history of humankind has been tribalism mixed up with uh, 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 with religion. This whole... Yeah, our radio show only goes for so long. It really does. But to my mind, he's, 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 he's on something when he's talking about Christians being persecuted because it is the victimhood of the majority. It's like everyone else to gets to be a victim. You know, LBG, they're all victims. We're victims too, and well, we're the majority as well, so we get to be powerful victims. I wish they just do their history. The really sad thing is that we do have religious freedom, or we did in Australia with Section 116, and we lost it with the Dogs High Court case in 1981. And if you're interested in this question, then you can go to our website at www.adogs.info and you can go to the High Court um, case section of the website and read all about what happened in 1981 when Australia lost its religious freedom in one day and is now waking up that it, it is gone. It is gone. Mm. Yep, indeed. Well, now we come to that bit of the program which is my favourite because we stopped sort of highlighting the bad things involved and highlighting the good things in the world. Um, St Kevin's College we've been talking about in some detail. Um, if you live in Turak and you don't want to send your kid to Skevies or you don't want to send them to some, something or others or Scots or say, any private school, do you Jane, know what? Yeah. Yeah, there, there is there is actually a, 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 a state school. There's a, there's a government school you can send them to. Yep, it's uh, free. It's uh, It doesn't care what religion you are before you walk through the door. It's not anything in particular because it's a state school and it gives you a good education. The 15-year-old boy should have gone there and stayed there by the sound of things. Well, I don't know. Um, that's up to his parents. I can't make the judgment, but I do notice that, yeah, they re-enrolled him even after all that business. Powerful. But I want to talk about a set of values, and I want to talk about the values of Auburn High School, because Auburn High School is our great state school of the week. Every week on the Dogs Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. Yeah, so if you're a parent and you live in Turak, okay, if you live in Turak, uh, you're living in one of the, well, you're living in the wealthiest postcode in Australia, straight up, and you're surrounded by the second and third and fourth and fifth wealthiest postcodes in Australia. So if you're living in Turak and you can afford to do that, um, there's a very good chance that you want to send your, well, that you will be sending your child to a prestigious private school for which that child has been booked into, 
uh, for many, many years. Scabies is one. There's lots of them. Boys and girls, they have a wonderful time. None of them are paying any rates. No. So, well, if, if you so get... So the rates are very high if you live there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, if you say, no, I want to send my kid to a government school, I can't be bothered with any of that. I want to send my kid to a government school. I want to send my kid to a government school and I want to pay around about $17,000 a year to educate my child, but I don't want to pay it. I want the taxpayer to pay it for me. Okay, fair enough. Send them to Auburn because that's how much it costs to educate a child there. Now, Auburn High School has a set of really quite unique challenges. Auburn High School is a school that has quite a large catchment, so quite a, a very large number of kids who are eligible to go to Auburn High School. However, they don't go there. They go to Skevies and Scots and Trinity and Xavier and MLC and PLC. So for this large area, the school actually has around about 420 kids because there's so many kids in that area that do not go to the local state school. They go to Auburn, which is why it's really interesting. It costs them more to educate a poor child because it's actually a reasonably small school that has to maintain facilities. So per kid, we, are, we the taxpayer, are paying a bit more because someone's decided to send their kid to a, a local state school, but most of the kids that are their neighbours go to private schools. They'd be the children mainly of the servants of those. Uh, you got all it. There are, there are. Clean. Well, yeah, they don't usually live in those areas, but there are some some people who don't have a lot of money who happen to live in that area. Now, the school profile is really fascinating, if you ask me, because fifty percent of the population come from a background, language background, other than English. Mm-hmm. I find interesting. Only 1% of the kids are Indigenous. 75% of them come from the, from the richest families in Australia. That's 48% from the highest quartile and then about 25% from the quartile under that. But I tell you what, they do a good job. The NAPLAN results are fine. You know, they're absolutely fine. There's no question. Grammar, grammar and numeracy are, 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 are excellent, but everything's just fine. Basically, it's the phrase I use, if you can't learn good in this school, you can't learn good. And Auburn High School is one of those schools. But because it has a very particular and unique clientele, it reflects its own community. So, you know, they don't really talk about sort of, you know, food banks and stuff like that. They're talking about the motto of the school, which is Think Beyond with diversity, aspiration, respect and excellence underpinning what they're doing. They have a large number of sports and extracurricular activities and the relationships and the learning culture is something that they deal with holisticness in, in a holistic way. The buildings aren't anywhere near as good as the building at, at St Kevin's, but that's okay because they're talking about a positive culture where learning is valued. And they have a student leadership program and a house system that provides leadership opportunities within the school itself. Because it's all culturally and linguistically diverse, I mean, the population serves a very, very broad community from Yarra, Burundara and Storing. It's a big area and not many kids come to it. So they have, being in the middle of the peak of aspiration, they're trying to run a state school. And so they reflect those aspects of their own community, which I think is absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's a school that um, opened up when they closed down Hawthorne East. Hawthorne East was closed down because um, yeah, there, were no, there weren't enough kids just in the local area because they went to private schools. So they sort of broadened it out and they opened up Auburn High School, which is doing an excellent job in the suburb of Hawthorne East. So fascinating stuff there. So uh, great, school, great state school for this week and every week, I suppose, is Auburn High School. Now, we're coming to the end of our program, I have to say now. So you've, it's been a meaty program, as we like to say here in the studio. A lot, of peeps, a lot of stuff for people to chew on. Um, chew your cut on what we've been telling you today. If you want to contact us um, into the future, of course, you can get us at our website, www.adogs.info, or at the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. And if you do have an idea of a great state school in your area you want us to do a bit of research on, oh, please give us a call during business hours on 9419 8377. Here at the 3CR studios on Smith Street, Collingwood. But until next week, from myself and Dale and from Jane, it's bye for now. I dreamed 
but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I did, says Joe, but I did. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man. Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on to organize. Went on to organize from San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize. It's there you find your hill. It's there you find. Joe, you're ten years dead. I never.